Oh dear, you are not going to believe this. Or if you are a regular listener, you will believe this. I have just recorded ten minutes of the podcast, and then I needed to record a little clip, which I did. Then I cut and copied it to paste it into my original bit of recording, not realising that I'd recorded the clip in my original track which is starting to sound a bit confusing. But what this all means is I've lost about 10 minutes, so I have to start again, again. Maybe I should do that now. Okay. Hello. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) And thank you, Roy, for recording this again as well. You are listening to Crash, the Geeky Show episode... 265 recorded again on Saturday the 18th of May 2019 and the time at the beginning of the show for the second time 231440 <sighs> What are we doing today Well first of all it has been a bit of a gap sort of I was supposed to record this podcast a few days ago, but I was absolutely exhausted from all the other podcasting, largely because of Game of Thrones. And there was a lot of stuff that I was doing around the home as well, which I'll get into tomorrow. But today, we are doing another vintage Doctor Who rewatch. Yes, it continues. The last one that we did was a month ago, so it has been a bit of a gap between the rewatch episodes. Tonight, the great big 1963 to 1989 vintage old Who, Doctor Who rewatch, aka the Marathon Vintage Rewatch, aka the Mammoth Sessions, which was the one that I preferred, but could never remember (laughs) what I was actually doing, because it doesn't say that. When you say Mammoth Sessions, could be anything. Could be going to a race with mammoths. Anyway, that thing continues. And that thing that I've been doing, I've been doing for so long now, that I've renamed it, changed the planned schedule to a non-existent schedule, and it is, frankly, all over the place. The one constant thing that I've been doing diligently is that I've been watching in chronological order every single episode of The Old Doctor Who since 1963. If you want to listen to all the previous podcast episodes of this rewatch, there is a list that has my podcast episode number alongside the particular Doctor Who story that I'm talking about in that episode. You can find that at RoyMartha.com, R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com slash podcast.html. And if you click on the link that says, I think, Revisit Reef, you'll get to the list. 
I may move this document because my podcast page is getting extraordinarily long because I am a verbose kind of chap, but for now it resides at that URL. Oh, and just a little note about the rewatches. The rewatches don't always happen weekly. In some past episodes, there was other non-Who-related material, because it is only quite recently that I started the two-episode format. One about a specific thing, like Doctor Who, the other about all things that are interesting to me as a geek, and hopefully to you as a fellow geek. And sometimes, also, the podcast episode contains more than one Doctor Who story. I no longer do that. It is strictly one Doctor Who adventure per podcast, because it is just too much work otherwise. And where are we at the moment? I recently finished watching the 1971 finale of Doctor Who, which was called The Demons. Do you remember that? If you are a long-time listener, do you remember Bok the Prancing Gargoyle? That I still can't mention without giggling. And now we have transported ourselves to the year 1972. To give you a bit of an idea about what was happening in the UK in 1972, I did some research, and I have to warn you, it wasn't that great a year. There was lots of things that were unpleasant, but I'll give you a quick rundown. That year saw the beginning of the Conservative government's war to destroy the unions, particularly the miners' union. Unemployment figures cracked the one million mark, which, if it doesn't sound big for now, it was for then. Believe it or not, there was a time when unemployment struggled to reach a million. It's officially, as an aside, in the UK, 1.3 million at the moment. But who knows how many have been bullied off benefits by the DWP. And yes, I'm getting political. What else happened in 1972? Oh, this is topical. The Bloody Sunday Report, which was a report about a controversial incident, let's say that, in Northern Ireland... That report in 1972 let the army off the hook. It's topical because the findings were rather reversed this year, so it has been something that was in the news. In 1972, in a rehearsal of the raid on Entebbe in Uganda a few years later in 1976, Israeli commandos stormed a plane in Tel Aviv. What else happened? Ah yes, Apollo 16. This started off as something that might have been a bad story, but turned around and ended up as quite a nice story. Apollo 16's command module suffered a malfunction of the engine, 
But despite that, they fixed it, I suppose, or the malfunction fixed itself. I'm not sure. I didn't research that much into it. And Apollo 16 landed successfully on the moon. Finally, another piece of bad news, particularly for me as an Asian, Idi Amin expelled the Asians, many of whom were British passport holders who fled to England, to a less than welcome reception thanks to good old xenophobia, and not just from the right-wing nutters, but also by Leicester City Council, who much later, I think just quite recently, apologised. And that's the rather unpleasant backdrop of the UK in the year that Doctor Who returned. That might have a bearing on the story, which was fairly political, considering it is a children's science fiction series. It had a tone of impending doom, as you're about to find out. But let's start off with some minor production and cast notes. The third Doctor is played by John Pertwee, who was my Doctor. Joe Grant, his companion, was played by Katie Manning. And actually, I was talking to my mum a few weeks ago. And by the way, my mum is about to feature as a topic in tomorrow's podcast. But back to Doctor Who. And she does remember Joe Grant. So she must have been paying attention to me watching Doctor Who. Brigadier Alastair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart is played, as always, by Nicholas Courtney. Captain Mike Yates, who I call Captain Smug, or Captain Showoff, was played by Richard Franklin. Sergeant Benton, who I think is a much nicer, more down-to-earth, pleasant character, and who should really ask Joe out on a date. And the reason I've said that is creeping into something in the next adventure that we're going to talk about, so I won't say anything more about that for now. Yeah, Sergeant Benton was played by John Levine. This adventure was directed by Paul Bernard. The writer was Lewis Marks, the script editor Terence Dix, all hail Terence Dix, and the producer was Barry Letts. Before we get on to me telling you what happens, let's listen to a little clip. You will be sure but left it steps in my tube. Tried to kill me. Who did? What happened? He vanished. Disappeared into thin air. Like a ghost. Yes, that's the clip. And, okay, let me just tell you a brief synopsis of what happens in this story. We're at a mansion in the countryside where a politician, who you heard in that clip 
is preparing to host a World Peace Conference. This conference is vital to the prevention of World War III and is subject to a failed assassination attempt by a soldier who then disappears. The ghost Sir Reginald mentioned in that clip. The soldier appears elsewhere and is attacked by aliens who look a lot like Klingons. He is found by Unit, and the Doctor realises, after examining a machine that that soldier had with him, that he is from the future. Joe and the Doctor then stake out the house, fearing another attack, and when the soldiers attack in a group this time, Joe accidentally activates one of the time machines and travels to the future. The Doctor goes with the soldiers to the future as well, and finds out that the Daleks have become the rulers of future Earth. Joe and the Doctor are then taken prisoner by the Daleks and traitors who administer the human slave labour force. The soldiers rescue them and say that they are trying to kill the politician because he sabotaged the peace conference at the mansion with a bomb, which started World War III after which the Daleks easily conquered humanity. The Doctor realises that it is actually the soldier's bomb that will cause the peace talks to fail. He and Joe return to the present and have the mansion evacuated. When the Daleks and Ogrons, who are the Klingon-like aliens chase them, they are blown up when the bomb goes off. Thus, the peace talks go ahead, the Earth is not weakened by war, and the Daleks do not get the opportunity to conquer us. And now let me tell you what I thought at the beginning. The moment Sir Reginald says... He thinks it's a ghost, and then Unit become involved, and the Doctor. It partly, for a little while at least, becomes a delightful haunted house mystery disguised as science fiction. And I really did like that. I like how the Doctor and Joe go to the countryside to spend the night in a haunted house. While they're in the haunted house, staking the place out, the Doctor gets a bit hungry and raids the mansion's wine cellar for good wine and some very tasty gorgonzola. Kudos to the Doctor for being such a cultured Epicurean. Back to the Ogrons, or the Klingon-like henchmen. The Ogrons, and bearing in mind this is 1972, look very like the next generation onwards Klingons. 
their build, their faces, what we can see of them, although they are a lot darker, and their uniforms, which look extremely next-generation Klingon-like. Again, I do have to wonder if art directors from the next generation were looking around for inspiration, or perhaps it's more that people who work in film work in lots and lots of different things, so who knows. Or maybe it's just a coincidence. The rebel commander, a woman called Anat, she is great at holding things together, even with one kill-crazy soldier who she has to rein in all the time. She's also statuesque and easy on the eye, which I really appreciated. The actress, Anna Barry, is still around and still working. And the main villain is a camp villain called the Controller. He is the highest-ranking human quizzling under the Daleks' regime. He is a middle-aged man, heavy with makeup and nail polish. It appears that they've gone from using camp and a bit foreign-looking to plain camp as a signal of villainy. Ah, the good old days. Yeah, that was sarcasm, by the way. I think, though this isn't a great way to portray villains, at least it isn't nowadays, it's not the worst example I've seen. A far worse one was the fake mixed race character Mavic Chen, played by Kevin Stoney in the Daleks' master plan from 1966. I covered this in episode 50 of this podcast, so if you want to go back and listen to what I said, it was fairly negative about that portrayal. If you think blackface is bad and yellowface is bad, imagine combining the both of them. It is a portrayal that will really make your eyes water. It is pretty bad. Controller, on the other hand, is bad in the way it portrays, I'm assuming, gay men, or men who are camp. Not sure what they were going for here, but if you think this is the end of terrible, ill-thought-out portrayals, we're not even near there yet. There is, I promise you, more to come. We still have the bizarre yellow face, yellow peril, orientalism of the Talons of Wing Chang to look forward to in 1977. But that's five years away for us, and time, hopefully, enough to brace ourselves. Still, if you were to strip away all the weird sparkle. The late actor who plays Controller, Aubrey Woods, does a good villain. The plot, as you heard from my synopsis, it is something that we know well as genre fans. Paradox. 
It is a simple time paradox loop plot. What else do I have to say? Nothing really. I mean, it was a welcome return of the Daleks. The acting was good. Anna Barry made me feel even more single than I usually do. So all in all, a good show. And that is it for now. Like I said, I'm recording another show tomorrow. But the one change that I am doing to stop myself probably having a stroke is not edit the podcast on the same day that I record because it is just too much. I'm going to record my podcast and edit it and upload it a day later. That way I'll actually look forward to podcasting because at the moment part of the reason I sometimes sound a little stressed during the podcast, apart from the fear of being taped, is that I always have in the back of my mind that after this podcast, I've got all this editing to do right away. I can't just chill out, which is what I want to do, and which is what I'm going to do after taping this. I have my 7-Up, have a movie on the Raspberry Pi, so let's just wrap up the show. This show that you are listening to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. For further reading, there's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. If you want to help, and I'm assuming you do, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend. And that is it. You were listening to Crash, The Geek Show, episode 265, recorded on Saturday the 18th of May 2019, and the time at the end of the show is 23.41.48. Thanks for listening, see you tomorrow, and bye-bye for now. Bye!